It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. This week we've got a special edition focused on events in our community aimed at getting high school students excited about and ready for careers in the tech industry. First, we'll be talking with the founder and CEO of information security consulting company TrustedSec, which is headquartered in Fairlawn, and of managed security service provider Binary Defense, which is headquartered in Stowe. As you'll hear from David Kennedy, he just started a new program aimed at training students at Bedford High School so they can immediately start working in the cybersecurity field directly after graduation without having to get a college degree. We're also going to talk with Michelle Moore, who is the Northeast Ohio Regional Manager of TechCore, a nonprofit dedicated to offering students from inner city schools and rural areas who are traditionally underrepresented in the tech industry the opportunity to have fun and interactive experiences that can help them get fired up about technology. First, David Kennedy from TrustedSec and Binary Defense. I understand you've got a new initiative with Bedford High School. So let's talk about that. And then also tell me if you've got any plan to extend this to Akron Public Schools. One of the big things when I started Trusted Sec and Binary Defense was, uh, you know, started a company out of the base of my house, had no idea what I was doing, didn't even know how to register an LLC to having over 450 employees worldwide is crazy. And the big thing for me is, is always looking at where I came from and helping folks be successful in their journeys when it comes to their careers, uh, especially in STEM. And, you know, Bedford High School obviously has a big part of my heart because that's where I graduated from. And it's a uh, inner city school, uh, metal detectors going in, you know, they've had a lot of violence and gang related activities there. It's, It's not a great environment for kids coming through and especially in technology. And, you know, over COVID, it was one of those areas where they finally got issued Chromebooks for the first time ever. And the kids, you know, didn't have technology then. And we built their esports gaming facility, which created multiple scholarship opportunities a year, full paid scholarship opportunities. They call it the David Kennedy Center of Gaming and Leadership. And now we're expanding that to being cybersecurity to where we can directly funnel in kids, you know, nine through 12 coming into full paid internships and with the intent of full employment directly into there. But this is just our pilot. We want to be able to start reaching out to more inner city schools, Akron specifically. I mean, you're really close, obviously, from from Fairlawn to be able to bring these kids directly in, give them an amazing education that they don't have to go to college for, they eventually can, but you can come into the cybersecurity arena fully trained. And then even if the home isn't trusted sec, I've already been working with a number of our customers with the Fortune 5, Fortune 10, Fortune 1000s, working with their security departments to be able to funnel these kids going directly, again, from high school directly into these Fortune 1000 companies to be able to get them high paying jobs. So it's it's the start is Bedford 100%. But my goal and mission is to really make Cleveland, Akron, Canton, all of these areas here, really the central area of cybersecurity to train these next generation of cybersecurity professionals and get them into the workforce, highly skilled and trained because they're not getting out of college. The college degrees are right now are just absolutely terrible when it comes to training these kids for cybersecurity. It's, it's, a, it's a disservice to them, unfortunately. That's interesting to me. Tell me why college degrees are deficient in this area and why you think taking somebody directly 
out of a STEM program in a high school is actually better for you? Great question. And it's not to say all of them. Bowen Wallace, for example, has an amazing program. Stark State has an amazing program. We partner with these two colleges to help build their cybersecurity programs. Uh, Akron has a great program. And there's a handful of them around the states. Uh, Dakota State University probably has the best cybersecurity program that we see because they funnel directly into the National Security Agency or the NSA doing cybersecurity. But most of these college programs are a mile wide inch deep. So what ends up happening is you have conceptual ideas of cybersecurity. And if you Google cybersecurity skill shortages, you'll see that the, the, the world like national amount of cybersecurity professionals we need is like 5 million people and that we can't hire. But that is already skilled, already trained individuals that can hit the ground working from a workforce perspective. That is not kids coming out of college. We have interviewed thousands of kids coming out of college and they barely know how to power on you know, a Linux machine or understand the fundamentals of networking and programming. I would actually rather hire computer science degree individuals than I would cybersecurity degrees because at least they have the programming logic that takes years to really train. And so with college kids, you know, I, I didn't go to college. I eventually got a business of arts degree from Malone University just because I needed that as a chief security officer for a Fortune 1000 company. But these kids, you know, we can take these programs and we partner with a company called Paradigm Cyber, Cyber Ventures that already has cyber ranges and course curriculum and things that we can actually have an impact in to create a consistent format for that we can then emulate that to all of the other schools. And it's not just teaching the technical aspects, it's also teaching the soft skills around how to communicate risk and exposures to businesses, which again, you know, we sorely lack. So it's having an impact on the course curriculum that we can modify to be high speed because this industry changes so fast with Russian adversaries and China adversaries and Iranian adversaries and ransomware and all these things that these college school programs can't keep up with it. And we're not making any money off of this. You know, we're donating it all. We're investing in Bedford. We paid for the whole Bedford high school infrastructure and the programs. You know, our goal is to really change the ability for these kids to come out ready to hit the ground running right away in a skilled workforce. Think of it more as an apprenticeship, as an electrician, things like that, that you can do in the cybersecurity arena, which is, which is absolutely doable without having to go to college. So expand on that in terms of when you go to college. Let's say I was enrolling in the University of Akron and I was going for a computer science degree. So cybersecurity would just be one little piece of that, right? That might be like a class or two. Is that the issue that they're only getting a couple of classes and something that they need a lot more training in? You can major in cybersecurity and have a lot more classes, but the content itself is very dated. And it's not actually teaching them the hands-on technical components that you need. You know, think of it as, and I, I don't like using the hospital analogy because I don't, I don't want to compare cybersecurity to, to being a doctor. But, you know, you, when you go to be a doctor, you actually have apprenticeships and internships that you work on throughout your degree. You are doing hands-on. You're going to these different areas. And, you know, that's really important to have those hands-on skills of actually looking at what hackers are doing, looking at the technical components, understanding programming, understanding fundamental networking logic, operating systems, Microsoft, the ins and outs of that. These are all really important skills that you have to have coming out of college. And instead, it's more book work than it is anything else. You're not doing hands-on labs. You're looking at theory. You're looking at conceptual things. You're not actually focusing on the technical components that an individual would need. And just to put it in, put in perspective, you know, we have hired multiple college students out of college, and most of the time it takes us anywhere between a year and a half to two years 
before we can actually put them on a customer to do cybersecurity work, because it's just so basic at that point, we basically are starting from, from ground zero to build them up. It's not helping. We'd rather just get kids out of high school that we can have an impact in and then train them up for two years. But with this ninth through 12th program that we can do, we can find some really smart kids. And these kids are brilliant. I've taught at Bedford a few times to see these kids and, and where they're progressing and how fast they learn. I mean, it's it's amazing that we can morph a kid into a cybersecurity professional between ninth through 12th grade. And then literally we can hire them and start using them on, on engagements to teach them and have them learn and then bring them in full time. And here's the thing, that net medium income average in Bedford is under $40,000 a year, right? You could be making six figures in under five years in cybersecurity. So, I mean, these are game-changing, life-changing things for these folks that we can have a massive impact on, not just in Bedford, but all of Northeast Ohio is definitely our goal for this. That sounds fantastic. When you talk about the kind of soft skills they need, customer service. Give me an example of that, that you might be able to teach them in your apprentice program that they wouldn't necessarily get going through a regular college. Absolutely. So for us, you know, we work with the largest companies in the world. So we're dealing with multiple groups. It might be HR, it could be IT admins, it could be chief security officers, board of directors, chief executive officers, and chief financial officers. We deal with everything that impacts the business because cybersecurity is a major risk for an organization, right? Now you look at it, what happened re recently with Caesars and MGM. MGM still recovering over $150 million of loss. Caesars paid the ransom, $17 million of loss there for paying the actual ransom itself. But we're seeing these incidents becoming larger and larger and larger. And so what we do is we have an army essentially of, of hackers that try to find these flaws before the bad folks do and stay ahead of what the, these groups are doing so we can build sophisticated security programs. And when you're talking about implementing security controls within an organization, you have to take very, very technical details and water it down and, and make sure an organization can understand those risks so they can assign an appropriate value of that risk to address it, right? And so when we're interfacing, we're communicating with customers all the time. We have to have project management skills. We have to have report writing skills to write and present our information to. Uh, we have to have the ability to communicate both on the phone and in person so it'll be presentable to these individuals because we're presenting to high-level executives and, and senior folks within the organization to be able to represent the risk, essentially. And Trusted Sec is known as being, and, and it's great to have this reputation in, in Northeast Ohio, but we're known as being the best, most polished, and most sophisticated security company in the world based on our reputation. So we hold that to the top standard of what we have to do. So if you're working at Trusted Sec, you're getting enough experience through all aspects of cybersecurity to be able to be successful anywhere you go. I mean, a lot of our former employees, we don't lose folks often, but when they do, they're having amazing positions at Google and Microsoft at Apple. They're chief security officers for Fortune 50 companies. So, you know, your pathway into security, if you have trusted sec is working there, you're considered a gold standard in this arena, in this, in this industry that is rapidly growing, but in dire need of, of really good folks we're going to be that funnel to help fix the deficit of cybersecurity in this industry. And that's what's most important for me is to make the world a safer place. We can't do that until we address this problem here. So at 50 to 100 kids that we're bringing in a year that we can train up and work with other companies. I already have 15 different Fortune 100 companies that are interested in this program and want us to directly bring in candidates to them that we have gone through and are high caliber. And we can do that. We have the capabilities of doing that. We have the most amazing facility. We just opened a year and a half ago, sophisticated labs and hacker zones and things like that for these kids. 
It's going to be absolutely incredible. And again, Bedford just the starting point, but we want to change the world with it. Now, you mentioned, for example, a couple of big recent high profile hacks, MGM, et cetera. Are you finding as a result of this that executives at big companies are starting to take this more seriously? Because at least in the past, what I had heard was that maybe your chief security officer takes it seriously, but the guys on the board or the CEO, they're like, we understand, but it's technical. We don't really want to deal with it. Are you finding that the culture in these businesses are changing now that they're seeing that there's real money at stake? Yes, absolutely. And because of these high profile breaches with large organizations, right? You know, you still think of ransomware five or 10 years ago as going to small to medium sized businesses and manufacturing primarily was hit the hardest at first. But we've seen these groups start to morph and move into other industry verticals. You know, and now you're seeing hospitality, obviously, with the, the hacks of the casinos, but we're also seeing healthcare, we're seeing school systems, we're seeing cities. We had Colonial Pipeline a couple of years back where it shut down oil production, right? So these high profile cases are making it to the board levels and boards are terrified of cybersecurity. And here's the big difference. Cybersecurity, unfortunately, there's no software or piece of code or things that you can magically change within a company. These take years to implement and change an organization to be relatively secure, to at least identify that these are happening and then shut it down to minimize the impact of the business. So if they're just starting off now, they have years to go before they'll even be able to thwart these types of attacks. So it's it's really hoping we're not the first, first ones hit. I speak to board of directors all the time. I'm part of consortiums and groups in executive level type of leadership. And cybersecurity is the number one risk that they look at as far as their business, both from a large enterprise perspective, but now into these small to medium-sized businesses, which we never heard of before. Small to medium-sized businesses like, ah, I'm never going to be targeted. They're discussing this now. And so, you know, we're coming up with creative solutions to be able to kind of skyrocket them and get them there faster to help out, to augment while they build all these really complicated systems. But at the end of the day, businesses are treating this as their number one risk factor within their organization, whereas legal, HR, supply chain might have been predominant high risk in their organization. Cybersecurity has definitely taken the number one spot. Are you launching this effort just this week at Bedford? So we've already started actually training these kids in cybersecurity. It was just going through kind of the process of the school approval and all of those and making sure everything, but they're already learning cybersecurity. I was there a couple of weeks ago teaching these kids and it was so cool. I, they already have like 90 kids in these classes, which is incredible, right? And see them boot up Linux and start to learn how to hack into systems and to see their eyes you know, light up when they figure out new things in creative ways. That to me is, is the most rewarding experience that I think you could possibly have in life because I remember the first time that I hacked a machine. You know, it was one of those things where the excitement, the rush, understanding systems and building up your knowledge to be able to figure something out that's really complex and challenging from a puzzle perspective is extremely rewarding. These kids, again, are so smart. They pick up things so fast. And I sat down with them. I was talking in a group setting and I said, kids, listen, I will guarantee you, if you put your time and effort and your mind to this and you are the best you possibly can be, and I'm, I said, look at the person to your left and person to your right, beat them. If you can do that, you're going to be successful in this industry and you're going to go amazing ways, making six figures and having a ton of fun and, and being rewarded for, for something you do. This isn't rocket science. Anybody can learn hacking if you understand the foundation of things. And you know they're all cheering and they're having fun or goofing around. And it's just a, a great setting to, to be able to do that. And so Thursday is the day 
that we're going to be launching officially on our, or everybody's coming to our headquarters in Fairlawn. Uh, we have this amazing uh, cybersecurity training conference center. It's got murals and code everywhere that you can put together and hack trusted sec if you want to from a capture the flag. And we're going to have lockpicks there to teach the kids how to break into lockpicks. I know that probably sounds crazy for folks, but it's part of our job. Um, you know, we have uh, fake badge systems that they can actually bypass and get around. So we're actually going to be showing them some of the things that we do on a regular basis for corporations and companies that hopefully will get them excited, but really kind of kick this off for me. And this has been years in the making. I've been wanting this forever and I can't wait to just see this skyrocket and then continue to escalate from here into other school systems. Uh, you know, again, my, my point is to make Northeast Ohio the center for cybersecurity excellence across the world. For people who are listening and they're saying, okay, well, I thought you guys were supposed to be defending us from hackers. And it sounds like you're teaching people how to hack computers. I don't know about that. So what does that mean? Great question. You know, we have to be simulating bad folks so that we can understand the deficiencies to be able to build defenses. And so if you don't understand your offense, how do you build a defense? And so for us, you know, we have a blend of folks that are both on the defense and offensive side. So folks that are working incident response where like a, a thing like Caesars MGM happens, we have, you know, army of people that come in and figure out how it happened and where they got into and, and to shut those systems down and to rebuild the infrastructure. Like we have different groups that handle different areas. But some of our largest groups are hackers, and we have to flip our switch in our mindset and be like, hey, we're going to be a bad hacker now. We're going to simulate you know, Russia hacking into this company and the type of damage we could potentially do. And so we have to have a high level of ethics, um, a high level of responsibility. Uh, and that's really important, uh, teaching ethics and, um, and making sure these kids you know, know, understand and know the, you know, the ramifications of doing things illegally. Um, there's a Computer Fraud and Abuse Act of 1983 that basically says if you access any system from an unauthorized perspective, it's a felony, it's a federal offense, and you're going to jail for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. So, you know, we're trusted with, I mean, think about this. We, we do work with the source code that runs the world. You have a phone, you have a car, cars have a ton of technology in it. You have an implantable device, you have a camera, Anything that you touch on a regular basis, that's technology. We're testing that from a hacker's perspective. The new robots, you know, the vacuums that are in your house. I mean, everything is technology integrated and it has to be protected against these types of hacks. And so we employ an army of hackers going against systems. That includes, by the way, you know, one of my favorite stories to tell is, uh, you know, I broke into a, a bank one time and uh, circumvented their security system so it didn't call the police. And I have these machines that basically try every combination known to man to get into the safe opens the safe up and I was able to get into the safe and hold bags of money. And then unfortunately I put the bags of money back and then lock the safe back up again. I've been arrested four or five times. We have get out jail cards that say, Hey, they're doing work on behalf of us. So I get let go. So I'm not really jail, but you know, we have to simulate these types of, of events to build barriers and defenses and apply real life scenarios and situations. So these companies can defend themselves because they don't know. And you know, China, billions and billions and billions of dollars invested in hacking, right? One of our biggest threats that we face today is China from a long-term, short and mid-term perspective. You know, they're adversarial. They look way far further ahead of us than, than we do. They are focused on intellectual property, trade secrets, anything from a competitive advantage perspective, intelligence, everything else. Russia, less of a threat with Ukraine going on right now, but one of the largest culprits of where all of the ransomware is coming from, and they don't care, we can't extract them because Russia and the United States aren't great friends. So, you know, we have all of these demographic issues and they continue to get more advanced. And the biggest thing I hope your audience understands is that these hackers have gotten so sophisticated in what they're doing that they're just shredding the defenses that a lot of these companies have in like 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, MGM, it took the hackers 15 minutes to get access to them. 
through social engineering. You know, so we have to raise the bar and the awareness and we need more people in this industry because technology is only getting more complex. It's a massive worldwide problem that we have to look at before it's too late. Sure. And especially with quantum computing coming on, right? That's uh, going to be talk all day about that. exponentially so, worse. Saying, it's going to be amazing from a human era perspective. I mean, like talk about the next evolution of electricity. That's how big quantum computing is. It will change everything as we know it, but it also means all of our encryption today is gone. Like there's no cracking advanced encryption standard, which is the military grade encryption is going to take milliseconds, whereas it currently today it takes millions of years. So that's going to be a, a huge game changer. And again, only getting more complex. Well, Dave, is there anything that you'd like to add that I may have neglected to ask? No, thank you so much for having me on. I mean, you know, the biggest thing for me is I could continue to hire. We have a great reputation in industry for hiring cybersecurity folks. I have a list of, of thousands of folks that want to join the company. To me, this has nothing to do with getting cheap labor or skills. It's it's really making an impact to these kids that would never have an opportunity in STEM. Uh, and where I came from, you know, I came from nothing. I had amazing parents, but, you know, we grew up hardworking, lower class, you know, families moving from place to place to place. And to me, if I can give back to Northeast Ohio, because Northeast Ohio gave me what I have today, I'm making the world a better place. And that's always been my mission. And I just want to see the smiles on these kids' faces and help them out and watch these kids grow and uh, eventually fix the issue that we have in cybersecurity. So, but thank you so much for having me on. Just the beginning. Can't wait to see where this goes. That was TrustedSec and Binary Defense founder and CEO, David Kennedy. Next, we're going to hear from Michelle Moore, who's with TechCore, about their big mobile hackathon at North High School in Akron, coming up on Saturday, November 11th. Michelle, can you tell me what's TechCore? So TechCore is a nonprofit organization founded in 1995 by Gary Beach. It's in Columbus, but we've since expanded out and we've got a huge region here where I'm at, which is Northeast Ohio, and we are growing in other areas like New Jersey, California, and Georgia as well. What does TechCore do? We try to excite and empower students, right? Traditionally, kids of color, so Black and Hispanic students, girls, and students from rural areas. So these are all students that would be underrepresented in the computer science field. And we do this by educating them with experiences, you know, short-term experiences, six-week experiences, even workshops, and the hackathon, which is what we were able to get in touch with you about. But we bring to these students in areas that we know, you know, normally don't have these types of programs so that we can get them excited about their future. Excellent. And kind of the overall goal then is to expand their knowledge in what kinds of ways? For the younger kiddos, third through eighth grade, we do camps and we teach them stuff like robotics and programming, app development web development, 3D printing, and newest was digital animation. And so students have a good time. They spend a week with us. They meet other students. And then at the end of the week, they present. So they have a final presentation that parents are invited to come see as well. That sounds fun. So little kids can learn how to build robots and yes. do computer animation. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. So you're going to do an event and it's called a hackathon. So we're trying to get students to come together and create an app. And the app is something that we're hoping will, you know, empower their community, right? So the students are the ones that would have the divine design behind that, whether they think something that would help their community is, you know, recycling, or it may be mental health apps. It could be a number of things. So we let the kids figure out, you know, what their team wants to do. And then they come in in the morning of the hackathon and they start with our instructors. Our instructors are usually college students that are local, right? And that are usually Hispanic, you know, underrepresented as well, so that these students that we have in front of us can see people that look like them and get excited about their futures again. These instructors will teach them for the first half of the morning how to use the Apple Swift, 
platform that we're going to be using this year. And then in, around lunch, they're going to break out into teams that we assign. And then they're going to be assigned a mentor, which is usually an industry professional person or a college student, you know, that's majoring in computer science or engineering. And then they'll start working on who's going to play what role in this team, what the app's going to be. They have to decide on all that. And our mentor is kind of like a liaison. The mentor isn't necessarily going to teach them how to do the app because we have the instructors for that, but more the glue that's going to hold the team together and keep everybody excited about what they're working on, help them work on their final presentations and that type of thing. And then towards the end, they are going to each go into a room. You know, the teams are going to go into a room with the judges. They're going to present and the judges are going to get together, collaborate and talk about scores. And then the winners will be announced at the end of the evening and be, they'll be awarded a $200 check per student. That sounds great. As they're working on this, they're not actually going to produce the app. They're going to produce the idea for the app, right? Or, or do they actually use the tool and produce the actual app while they're involved yeah. in this process? So that's a great question. Some students don't get as far as others, which is okay. As long as we can show the judges, they worked it as a team, their idea was great. They have some coding in there and some really like concepts of the app that show what they were working towards. Some students end up with a completely developed app that works, the links work and that type of thing. So the goal is just based on each individual team and the amount of experience they come in with. And all the students get tons of kudos for even coming in because the majority of our kids that come in, they don't have any experience at all. And again, this is for ages what? So this is ninth through 12th grade high school students. Okay. And even if they don't know anything about technology, they can come in and participate and maybe Absolutely. come out having developed an actual app. That's kind of cool. And that's exactly why we do it, right? Because we don't want students to just not include themselves in this computer science industry because they don't have any experience. Even though they're in ninth grade, they can start experiencing these things through us through our collaborating partners and other organizations that are doing things and potentially go on to college and take it up and learn it and be excited and confident in what they're learning and doing. This tool that you're using, you mentioned, what's it called? Swift. And it's an Apple tool? It's an Apple platform. Mm -hmm. And so the students will all be given an iPad to use for the day. So they'll all be working on iPads, creating this app. Apple is giving us sort of like a template format to start with. So we kind of have like an outline that they can choose from and then they dive in from there. I see. So if I were the person that were using this, one of the kids, I could say, okay, my neighborhood doesn't have enough grocery stores. I'd like to find out where I could go get fresh produce and the routes I could go to get it and that kind of thing. And then I could somehow fill in the blanks and put in grocery stores and bus routes and stuff like that, right? Absolutely. Yes. Maybe I should come and be in the event. You then. should come. You should be a mentor. <laughs> We're actually looking for another mentor in Akron. You don't have to have any experience in Apple or Swift or any of that. You just come in as kind of a team lead. Okay, that sounds cool. So tell me, this is a collaboration then between your nonprofit organization and Akron Public Schools Career Academies? So Akron Public Schools is the host site. AT&T is the funder. And then we have some other amazing funders that come in alongside and provide other opportunities. Willow Tree Apps, Ohio X, and then in the other counties. So like in Columbus, Franklin County, DEI, they're the ones that are funding there. And then here locally where I'm at, Nordson Corporation Foundation is funding here. So tell me about some of the success stories that you've had, some of the more inspiring results you've had from these hackathons in the past. You've been doing it for a while, right? Yeah, we have. We have. So, you know, I, I'm not sure if it was shared with you or not, but the students that win are invited to go to the state house for an event in December and get recognized and meet their rep, the rep that's in their area, if they're able to come, they come and, you know, greet the students and usually we give them food and parents are invited, the 
the parents of the winning teams are invited. So that's always huge and exciting. But Tech Core as a whole, we have so many experiences that we offer that we have students that start elementary, middle school with us taking techie camps. And then I'll hear a couple years later, like, you know, I'm in your high school program now and I took techie camps in third grade all the way to we've hired some of our instructors who were in our programs who did them, you know, some of them come back multiple years to do the programs who are now computer science college students at Case Western and Cleveland State University and Lorain County Community College. So I was able to hire a few of them as my instructors. They come back and volunteer. It's just a huge community that we're building by doing this. It sounds inspiring to the extent that a lot of people, when they think about technology, they get maybe a little bit scared because they think, oh, you know, I have to be a giant brain computer science ultra expert in order to even get started. And they feel daunted and afraid to get started. And I would imagine that your program helps them overcome that. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, we're very user-friendly. Majority of the students that come into our programs, besides the returners that have done it, you know, when they're younger, are first-time students into this computer space, you know, area. Because a lot of the schools, like I said, you know, that we partner with, they are unable to, to offer these things in school because they're still trying to figure it out. So we partner with these schools in the summer to offer something in the hopes that hopefully they'll launch something during the school year. And it'll just be this pipeline that we're building within these communities so that students just are excited about it and get into it, are comfortable and confident. Great. So tell me one more time, when is this event and where and who can be involved in it? Okay. So it'll be November 11th, which is a Saturday. It'll be at North High School in Akron. It's open to all Akron Public School students, ninth through 12th grade, no experience necessary. We're also looking for volunteers and mentors in Akron. So hopefully we can get a mentor or two out of this call. And the mentors are the people that kind of lead the teams and help just be the liaison and answer questions and, and keep the glue together on the team. Okay, great. So if anybody in our community does want to get involved, how do they get in touch with you then? So they can check our website, www.techcore.org, but absolutely they can reach out to me and I can be reached email. So that's M-M-O-O-R-E at techcore.org, or they can call me 440-396-5215. That was Michelle Moore, who's the regional manager for TechCore in Northeast Ohio. We'd like to thank her and David Kennedy for being on our program today. And I'm your host, Jean Destro. Thanks for listening to this special edition of This Week in Tech. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Gene Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton. 